Hi, my name is Kevin McDonald, and I'm declaring my independence. Independence from what? Why, negative thoughts and energy, of course. Chief among them, hate, division, and fear. You see, I know that we're all one, and together we can solve any problem, save our planet and each other. Please, join me as we come together as one and choose a better way to be. So now, let's begin with my independence report. Everyone's having a good Monday, even though it's rainy outside. It's liquid sunshine. It is. It's Seattle, after all. Yes. And this is what we do here. But from where we sit, it's still a very pretty day. It's a very beautiful day out. I course, like it because you can see Seattle from here. You can, which normally speaking on days like we today, can't. you can't. So that means it's lightly raining. <laughs> yes. Instead of big time raining. How are you, Kevin? Margarita Trevino Evans. How are you? Just fine. And good. She is here with us for the entire two hours. In fact, that's kind of a lead-in to our guest today. Amazing, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I'm so happy to have with us Kenji Kiyomura. I met Kenji at a forum about over a little bit over a year now. And he came up because he was told, you need to come up this way. His guides, his angels, the work that he was doing, uh, just took him all over the place from San Jose where he's from Berkeley. I'm getting, he was born in Berkeley, and then he just moved all over the place. And then the interesting thing is that because he's an educator like me, he followed his path all the way up from Berkeley to Mount Shasta. And then from Mount Shasta came all the way to the north here. The Pacific Northwest. We're not that far north. Well, I think it is. I mean, I mean he's come we from Fairbanks, sunshine. So, well, I know. You know, and then he went to beautiful Mount Shasta area, and now he's here with us. Uh, Kenji is an amazing man. He's a healer. He's an educator. He's holistic uh, trainer. He does meditation. There's nothing. I mean, I'm trying to put him in a box, and he doesn't fit into a box. Kenji is a, a just a wonderful all-around human being. He's what I call a jack-of-all-trades. And his ma- main thing that he has is about helping people educate themselves on healing and to be educated in all aspects. And without a further ado, I want to bring Kenji on. Kenji, how are you? Hi, I'm uh, real good, real good. So tell us about yourself, Kenji. Uh, what age do you want me to start? <laughs> <laughs> well, start with your, your training when, that you started on. Well, actually, you know, um, when I was five... There you go. That's a good age. Um, yes. When I was five, I, I, uh, we were living in Berkeley, and my mom was scrubbing the bathtub. And I remember this. I walked up to her, and I said, Mommy, who am I? Oh. And it was a totally innocent question. And she stopped her scrubbing, turned around, looked at me, and says, You're Japanese. And I'm hmm. No, that wasn't what I was asking. I kind of scratched my head and walked away. And that was the start of my uh, journey, my search. Wow, at five years old. Five years old. And That's so amazing. you've been working on finding yourself ever since? Yes, uh-huh. And I suggest with some success, I might add, that you find found yourself. Find yourself. Find Fi- yourself. Finding myself more each day. Which is wonderful. Now, talk about your educational background. What What have you... What's, what's He's amazing. <laughs> well, it took me 10 years to get my uh, master's. Uh, I got it in education. Mm-hmm. Um, did my thesis in art therapy, which I loved. Uh, this was back in the days when there wasn't too much information on art therapy. And um, I also got it with an early childhood um, emphasis. And um, I earned two credentials in California, uh, basically preschool through um, sixth grade. 
here would be K through 8. And uh, before that, I got um, probably the first parapsychology degree in the country. Uh, it was a recognized degree, and uh, I wrote about history of consciousness. Basically, it uh, came from my, um, my psychic training back then and my experiences Tell us uh, a little bit about that. What is psychic, or what is parapsychology? That's such a term that's thrown around so hey, it really freely. Is. It really is. That's probably the academic uh, label for um, what probably in the East they would call cities or uh, your yogic powers. Oh, I never heard that before. What was the first one? Cities? Cities, uh-huh. And that's an Asian term? Uh, that's more of a Hindu term. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. You know, includes levels like clairvoyance and clairaudience. Uh, oh yeah, those out of body things. travel. When I, when you like say, and I'm I'm sorry, I'm confused. As <laughs> usual, it happens nah. to me a lot. So when I <laughs> when you say the term cities, I think of like Seattle. Yeah, that's what yeah. I thought too. Uh-huh. So describe the term for me. It's S I D D H I S. Oh, okay, okay. It even spells differently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what does that – so that means kind of a grouping of different things? Well, those are the uh, abilities that you become aware of as you, um, as you journey along on your path. And as you begin to meditate, these, these particular aspects begin to open up. And actually, uh, that's kind of a lead into what's, what we'll talk about uh, later in depth, I hope. But it's about um, uh, the spiritual awakening and the spiritual openings that people all over the world are experiencing, and we need it. And we're going to spend probably, I'm the guessing, that's a whole hour yeah. discussion, and we'll talk about that at the one o'clock hour. Mm-hmm. So stay tuned, and we're going to talk about the world issues and the awakening and the things that are happening now. But what I want to focus in on to begin with is you had a mission that you started when you were five and you continued it forward and at one point you decided to start meditating do you remember when that was do you remember how that transpired well actually that's been very recent i have really? i haven't found a particular kind of uh, system if you were um mm-hmm. over the years i've been initiated into various uh, meditative paths i guess kriya yoga uh, ajapa yoga uh ajapa, la- la- what is that uh, all I remember was the guru touched my third eye. <laughs> the initiation. Oh, so actually, it had to do with uh, Eastern. Yeah, it had to do with breathing, a certain kind okay. of uh, breath technique. I'm always talking about breathing. Mm-hmm. Well, that's interesting. And there are several, several others that uh, I can't remember the names of, but um, just lately, uh, I've been doing kind of like a Merkaba style meditation, but my own now. Just, we'll have to go into the Merkaba one, yeah, too. What would that be, a Merkaba style <laughs> meditation? Well, and the reason that I bring that up is that a lot of people are... Our audience. Yeah, they're, they're looking for a way that they can start becoming more centered, more clear about themselves, who they are, where they're going. Correct. Meditation is one of the best ways to achieve that. And so I'm always looking for people in different styles and ways that people meditate, be it when they're driving in the car or in the closet with a candle or whatever, whatever is their style, because it, it, it plays a part in your continued growth. Correct. And so what is your style? <laughs> What's your favorite? What's my favorite? Well, um, not to talk so much right now about the Merkabas, but 
I believe the, the purpose of meditation or relaxation training or focusing techniques or centering techniques is to help one to get in touch with the power that lies within. I believe some people can do it through prayer, but it's a total different focus in a way. So my focus has been to feel the essence of me, which is the same essence as you and Margie right. and everyone out there. Right. How do you do that? How do you get in touch with it? I know that's what I'm writing down. How? Yeah. The question is how. You know, my dad always, he, he said one thing uh, early on in my life, and uh, he says that you need to learn how to relax. And I believe that is a key. And recently with my work with the middle school during a health fair, um, I taught them how to relax and how to do very basic kinds of breathing to go within. Before you can do anything as far as getting in touch with, you need to relax. That's a key. Because if you're um, all wired up, there's no way you can get in touch with what's inside. The feelings, uh, the spiritual light within, the, the flow of the universe that moves through us all. Mm-hmm. In fact, that's probably what my focus is, is to catch that wave. And in our culture, and I'm, I'm sure you know, we are a very high-stress, high-driven, high-energy culture. It goes against us to really relax, let go, and let it be. So it makes it very difficult because it's a conflict in, in the reality that we face every day and how we can get to where we need to go. How have you, how have you been able to make that transition? Well, I've always kind of had that philosophy of at some point in my life I knew I had to find a way to connect. Is that and, what? and to find that peace and then begin to share that peace. Is that a family? Is that a family structure? Is that like no. a family background? Was that like included in your family life at all? No. I had to go outside of it. So, Kenji, did like an angel come down and tap you on the head with a wand and said, okay, you're going to be aware? Or <laughs> is this something that over a period of time, because a lot of folks are, are wandering around trying to figure out how to fill the hole that's in their heart. Yeah. Correct. They don't know how to do it. They don't even know where to begin. Yes. Life events are happening to them and around them that they can't control, yet they don't know where to go, how to fix it. So we go to all sorts of different stuff. We find, you know, a particular adult beverage that we would like to have, or we have uh, other problems or things that we that we indulge in rather than facing the actual issues. And and so, whenever I have someone like you on, it's important for me to try and get out there for them. Okay, maybe that'll work for me now, so that they can try different things. That, that that's so. So like when you. Reached the point when you decided that you needed to go and do some meditation work or that you needed to find yourself and go within. I'm curious as to how that process played out because it happens to everybody. Well, actually, uh, let me correct myself. <laughs> I, I've, I've, I've been meditating for over 20 years, actually. Okay, see? <laughs> yeah, that, right. like, that doesn't sound like to, to me, Ken um, D. Yeah, sorry about um, that. I, see, it's, it's, it's so... 
uh, what built into my system that I kind of forgot about it. But let's so let's hold on that thought because we're we're going to come back from these important messages and we want to focus in on how you got to be where you're at. All right, welcome back to the Kevin McDonald Show Positive Talk in the Afternoon. My name is Kevin, I'm your host. Today we are here with Margarita, who's laughing hysterically in the corner, and Benji Kimura. You put me in the corner! In, yeah, again. And Benji Kimura is here. Kenji. Kenji. What did I say, Benji? <laughs> That's why I was laughing at you. Oh, like, no, man. not Benji, it's Again, Kenji. I need to read my notes. It would be helpful. It's Monday. It is that. It is that. And we were talking about... And the, and the conversation started, oh, 15 minutes ago, that, that meditation was relatively new for you. And I guess in the cosmic <laughs> world, that would be true. But 30 years is a long time to meditate. Yeah, yeah. That it started. Yeah, because I thought he was my age. And he says, no. <laughs> <laughs> he even got carded. Well, actually, um, when I um, received my psychic training, that's when I began to meditate in a particular Surely. way. And then I realized that I needed to find my own way to do that. And back in 81, at the end of 81, I was very fortunate to have uh, run across trigger work in which... I'm sorry? This, this, what, what? Traeger work is a, a form of movement body work, okay. mo- movement re-education developed by a medical doctor, PhD um, psychiatrist, who um, was living and practicing um, in Hawaii. And I was fortunate enough to study with him and his senior instructors at the time back in the um, early 80s. And what he incorporated, he came upon this on his own even before he began to teach this work, which is a form of massage therapy, um, that he would uh, go into a state of hookup, what he called it, and would connect up with the universal life energies. And then he would do his work in that state. And he uh, taught that particular way of hooking up to uh, students as we learn the work. And he emphasized that unless you're in this state of hookup, you can't really do the work. So um, actually that became a way of life for me. And so I learned in a kind of a peculiar kind of a way how to meditate, but it was in doing this uh, form of massage therapy. Describe hooking up. How does that process work? Well, the way that he taught it was very simple. He would actually just extend his arms out like this. He would close his eyes, and he would uh, instruct us to just hook up to this energy that was all around us. So visually, he was asking you to visually uh, see this energy. No, he, 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 we, would have, we would close our eyes like he would, and we would just feel, for lack of okay, a better way. Feel. Right. And then we got the feeling of being hooked up. Mm-hmm. And how did that feel? Well, to me, it was very natural. But to, I guess, a lot of people that were studying this, it was kind of a different experience. And probably their challenge was, okay, I'm feeling this other kind of a way. Now, how am I going to do this session? Because mm-hmm. I'm not in my normal conscious mind at this point. I'm in a, a different place. Right. Now, in your... Because some people, when they do that, and they experience the energy of the universe, it changes... How they feel? Their fingertips might tingle, tingle, and they're they're they might see a little bit differently. Is that and they just mm-hmm. feel a higher energy? They feel more empowered. 
Is that is that fair in some cases? I would say generally you would feel different. Uh, you would feel lighter. You would feel like hmm, maybe you're plugged into another kind of energy source that you're not normally used to. And that's like electrical cord, like a... Like, uh, what is that feeling that you're making the difference? Because these people, the people listening to us cannot differentiate. The way that that he would describe the work is that um, we were trained to impart a sense of peace into the musculature of the body through these gentle movements. And also a yummy feeling, a warm feeling, a feeling that would support you just to relax, let go, Take a deep breath, maybe sigh, maybe even fall asleep. Mm-hmm. And through the work of taking the deep breath and doing these things, then they would be able to, to work on their patients more effectively? Yes, because they would be um, in a place of flow rather than the doer trying to do something to uh, your client. Similar to a Reiki system, I would imagine. Uh, in principle, in that energetic principle, uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so through that you learned how to meditate. I learned how to meditate and I learned how to be in that state for as much as six hours a day because when I was working full-time at Canyon Ranch in Tucson, uh, I would be working from basically uh, 1 to 5 o'clock. I'm sorry, 1 to 6 o'clock plus prep time. So basically almost six hours uh, a day, five days a week in this state. And I always knew I was in this state because every time I would do the work, I would be in this state. And it would take me... <laughs> Almost to the time that I went to bed to begin to maybe get out of that state. Wow. That's yeah. a nice long time. It is. It is. And, and I just got used to it over the years. I've been doing the work now for a long time, and uh, I, just, I just got used to it. I guess I just forgot that that was a meditative state that I learned. Absolutely, because it, it, it really is, because you're asking the universal power to come into you, and you're relaxing and letting it flow. Mm-hmm. Now, in that whole process over that course of time, what changes did that bring to you in your own personal life? I mean, uh, as far uh, as your awareness as, and that sort of thing. I learned to, um, as far as working with people, whether it was uh, hands-on healing work back then or, or the body work, I learned to get more out of the way of myself and to just allow myself to be an instrument, if you will, for the work. So is that like channeling, Kenji? Uh, yes, that was actually um, a form of that. Dr. Trigger wasn't familiar with that term way back when, mm-hmm. but yes. Uh-huh. Because when you're saying that you're, uh, you step aside, that's basically a channeling form, because it's what I do when I go into that space of doing readings with people, the counseling. You literally step aside and you allow that energy flow to come through. And, and you're more present at the same time. Yes. Yes, very much so, because you're right there in the space. And your sensitivity is heightened. Very much so, because I know that for me, when I'm in those, and like when I'm doing fairs or something, and I'm doing like anywhere from 10 to 70 readings per day, that puts me in that space where I don't even want to come out of it until when I finally do. It's like, okay, I'm ready to go to sleep now. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But that's, I understand that flow that you're talking about. But when you call it trigger, is that because of the position in how he was uh, asking you to learn how to hook up, as you put it? I like that. I like that term because I I usually say going in the zone. But for you, it's a hookup, which is true. Uh Uh-huh. And that was just one form of hookup that I learned over the years. Um, Six, seven years ago, I learned another form. And before that, I've learned form. So actually... 
what brought me up here was the opportunity to serve the community and and to um, not only integrate to demonstrate um, over thirty about thirty three years of study and practice. So in, what in is the it? Healing the, arts. So in the healing arts and what it is that you do day to day now. What is your job, if you will? What is it, what do you do? Um, I have a uh, weekly Thursday class mm-hmm. in which there's a, a different theme every week, of which I'm usually given it during the weekend, and I email my friends that are on my email list uh, of the theme, and uh, and people show up. Small group, not large group, small group. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also in the process of teaching people that want to learn this uh, magnetic healing that I can um, pass on to people, which is very uh, wonderful, exciting uh, work, which which would probably go into the next hour um, in relationship to the world situation, world changes. Um, I also am available to uh, present at schools, mm-hmm. uh, at health fairs, etc. Um, I do the psychic fairs in, in the area. Now, let's talk about the, because uh, you said you were at a middle school the other day. I know, that's what I was going to. Yes, to. And that you worked with a middle school. Who called you, and how did that work, and what did you um, do? A friend of mine who's also come for some uh, treatment work um, suggested that I uh, talk to this middle school, because they're doing a health fair coming up in about a month or so. So um, I did, because she said they're looking for some speakers. I said, hmm, this might be a good way to... Um, Expose the kids to stress management and relaxation. And so they invited me to come on, and basically I did five classes of, uh, they were 50-minute uh, classes. So they were different. The students get to choose what classes they'd like to go to during this all-day fair. And my theme was stress management. And basically I, I taught them a relaxation, a series of relaxation exercises to do. Did really? they like it? How did the kids react? Because you said middle school. Middle school, yeah. Seventh graders. Um, <laughs> they're like herding those. cats. How did you herd them? I know those. <laughs> I understand. I was there. <laughs> it, it was interesting because um, when I began to talk about it, well, they were listening uh, pretty much. Some, some were, you know, fidgeting and being distracted. And when we, went, when we did the first exercise, um, they weren't altogether focused in this. Right. Um, you know, <laughs> they're in seventh grade. They're not focused on anything. Yeah. Uh, giggling, you know, looking around. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, pretty much all of them were slouching around their chairs. So I suggested um, the way you learn this is to sit straight in your chair, feet flat on the floor. So most of them began to do that. And some of them didn't want to close their eyes at first, you know, looking around to see if their friends had their eyes closed. You know, the usual kind of thing. So um, it went pretty good the first time. So what I uh, learned was if I do like three of them within this 50-minute thing, you know, introduce the first level. At, you need to describe what three of them is. What, what is it that you taught them to do? To sit still and breathe. Basically to learn to relax. Okay. And to um, bring their attention within. Okay. Now, there again, how do you learn to relax? We have a high-stress thing. We've only got so much time to do stuff. And we got to go this and we've got a long to-do them? list. How'd you get them to relax? Because that was, must have been a good group. That's a tough good size group. So, um, the second time, you know, I, I talked a little bit about what we did the, after the, the first exercise. And then I figured, um, if we do it several times, they'll just go a little deeper and they'll, they'll have a good chance to get it on the third time. And... Some of the teachers were observing 
during during these times they would come in and, and watch and see what was going on. And second time was much better. Not so many eyes still open and not so much fidgeting and, and giggling. And then the third time, man, like whole room quiet. All the kids had their eyes closed. They were sitting up straight. And they were, I could feel that they were going within. And, and I would introduce like a little imagery kind of exercise to do. And uh, one thing that we did, because they have to pass this state um, test next month. It's called the Wassel test. Yeah, and they all have stress about that. Yeah, they do. Absolutely. So I did a little thing that some uh, athletes do, and it's becoming more popular now. I had them visualize them themselves doing very well on the test and preparing very well for the test. And it was amazing. I um, got back in the mail about a week ago a whole bunch of cards that they had made. Thank you cards. I was totally unexpected. And they said, thank you for helping me to heal all my stress. <laughs> I mean, that was like the basic <laughs> little thank you. It was like, thank you for showing me how to heal my stress. Well, because we don't understand, but, the, you know, as, as adults, we're under a lot of stress. But them as children, especially at that age, they're like, I mean, I'm not making light of any age, but at that light, especially, they're, they're really stressed. And so that must have been a very powerful tool. In fact, I have a good little a little friend of mine. She's just barely sixteen, and she had to take her SATs again, and she was like totally stressed out. So we talked about meditation in a form of positive imagery to help her. And she called yesterday and said, "Guess what? I passed it." And I said, mm-hmm. "Well, you passed what? It was an expectation she had. The stress that she had was that she had put on herself. You know, I have to do good in order to get into the school that I want. And she doesn't want just any school. She wants." Cambridge and I was like oh and so she had put that stress on herself to get Uh there not that she won't make it but that's the kind of stress that she was under and she's not even 16 yet I mean she's doing really well in school but again it's that form of meditation and positive reinforcement that she was looking for so here I'm looking at knowing what it was like when I taught middle school and knowing how they are (laughs) and Kevin has too at that age that you know they're under a lot of stress they are a lot, and so that's pretty important. So, in the in the practice of doing that and putting them through the routine three times, are you going to share that with us a little bit later on how on how you did that, or can you do that now? I've got a minute and a half before the break. Okay, <laughs> all right. So we could do a thing for the audience. <clears throat> yes, yeah. because they're actually all listening right. to us during their lunch break. Okay, exactly. If you're driving your car, please don't do this a little <laughs> exercise. Over. Okay, that, that's our that's our disclaimer. <laughs> okay, so what what would be a good position would be to um, have your uh, back, your spine straight and comfortable, and preferably both feet on the floor, palms in your lap, face up. And it's very simple. Just close your eyes and allow to let go of all the thoughts of the day right now. And the only thing that you are doing right now is breathing and focusing within. So as you close your eyes, you will begin to become aware of breathing in. And as you exhale, allow the stress of the day to just begin to leave. And as you breathe in, breathing in peace and calm. That's your thought, breathing in peace and calm into your belly. And as you exhale, begin to let go of worry and stress 
And as you breathe in, allow yourself to feel a nice, warm, fuzzy feeling begin to percolate in your body. And you may feel a little tingling. You may feel a little, little lightheaded. It's all very natural. And as you exhale, just simply let go. And breathing into the belly, nice, warm feeling. Exhaling and letting go. And feeling as you breathe in that you are totally loved and supported in your life. And as you let go, let go of some more worry and stress. Just let it fall away. And breathing in nourishment that you are fully supported in your life. Hang with that, and we will be back right after these messages. We'll be right back. All right, welcome back to the Kevin you McDonald always, Show Positive Talk. You two talk look the like you've been eating birds, like feathers are coming out of your mouth. Eric and I? Yes. Oh, no. Yes, all the time. We're just we're just communicating meaningfully between yeah, adults. Yeah, 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 yeah. You look like Sylvester with Tweety in its mouth. Absolutely. We're sitting here with Kenji Kimura. Kimura, right? Kumara. Kumara. Kimura, Kumara, tomato, tomato, what do you think? <laughs> and... Uh, Kenji is an educator, and he is an energy worker and a healer. And uh, he's been working at his craft for his and since he was five, which is about <laughs> twenty-five years ago. And uh, and <laughs> what you're laughing at me? And you were we were talking about you went to middle school, and you used breathing exercises, relaxation exercises to get the kids a little bit more centered. And what was the teacher's response after the third time you did that? Well, they, they were amazed uh, to, to feel the quietness in, in, in a room there at the school. And because in, <laughs> if for anybody happen. who knows, seventh graders, you know that there's not <laughs> a chance that everybody's going to be quiet all at the same time unless they're asleep. But the thing is, I was looking in their uh, faces after we would do these exercises and... Um, I knew some of them were in a place where if I was to ask them a question, they would have a very hard time responding because they were in a totally different place. So it was good to sense that. Okay. Describe what that place would be. Do you have any idea or, or where, wh what that is all about? I think maybe for them to feel at ease and more peaceful was like a kind of a rare experience. Almost like a shock to their system. Yes, in a way. Uh-huh. Because they're not used to that. They're used to a lot of stress and go, 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 and here and there and everywhere and all that sort of and thing. And then they have the, the radios and the TV and the CDs and Game Boys and all that going on, so they're never really silent. I had to laugh. <laughs> yes? It was, it was late on Saturday night, and my 14-year-old has the remote in his hand and is flipping channels. Now, we have cable. We have advanced cable. We have 75 flipping channels, and he can't find anything to watch. And it's like, Travis, which is my boy's name, I said, do you have any idea? What would you have done if you were growing up when I was your age, and you had 4, 5, 7, 11, and 13? That was it. Unless you wanted to go to PBS, which we never did. And so that was, that was it. Yep. He looked at me like, 
wow, you're from the Stone Age. <laughs> How did you survive? And, and so the next morning, of course, my two boys are up and they're playing the Xbox. So I take, you know, you guys have sat in front of there playing video games too much. So turn the Xbox off. So they turned the Xbox box off and turned on the 24 by 7 cartoon channel. Oh, I have one of those, and he's nodding his head right now. <laughs> and it's like, don't you guys, you know, the input that the kids get yes. today from radio, from TV, and all of that stuff, and they don't have a chance to sit down and relax and do that kind of thing. So, for yeah, for them, it's very rare. Now, my boys have done some breathing work, and some, and, and they find it really refreshing. It's yes, really right. a cool thing. So. I think mine only does when his mom's around. I tell him to turn everything off. And not even then he'll argue with me. Well, it's really cool because I like the same music as my kids. So at least I don't have to say, turn that crap down. We, yeah, I we, don't either. Because yeah, we, we enjoy that. But the, the stress and the kids and the, the wassail and the stuff, and it's, it's, it's really great to be able to do that. Now, do they teach that on a regular basis or did they – was this a special thing that you did? No, this is uh, just something that uh, would probably only be done in like a health fair uh, conference kind of a, a setting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do not believe that uh, this this level is taught anywhere in the public school system. Now, did you get any feedback when you got those thank you cards from the, the students? Did you have them ask where they can get hold of you, or if you were coming back, or? Um, well, um, um, they the school has um, offered to put um, an advertisement on my behalf in the next PTA newsletter. Well, the last one for the That's school great. year, so it'll be coming out in uh, in May. So hopefully the kids will remember and uh, uh, parents will have a, a oh, phone number We were just talking about that off the air. That it would be great to combine a class for students as well as adults together and have them learn these together. Well, actually, what um, I I have a lot of creative ideas. Um, I've had a lot over over the years. Uh, part of my gift, if, as it were, is uh, creative ideas. The challenge is is to uh, manifest these ideas to create um, an opportunity. Uh, uh, to have these ideas built in physical form. And one of the ideas I've had, and this is a theory I have about um, how parents um, and kids can can heal uh, their issues w- within the family unit, and that is to teach whole families uh, meditation or relaxation and, for, and to encourage them to do it as a unit, as a group, mm-hmm. once a day. That's somewhat like Joey Klein was telling us when he was here. Mm-hmm. About getting the families together, combining hey, them. Even if, you know, one, one of the things that they talk about is that it's important for the families to be together for a period of time, be it at the dinner table rather than, you know, mess hall, dishing up, and there you go. Or going anywhere, and, your rooms and, and living room. Yeah, the yeah, TV, are, the yeah. telephone, mm-hmm. all, the, all those distractions. Yes. And to be together for that period of time so you can communicate meaningfully about your day, what's happening in your life, the things that are going on. And because we're all so busy and the kids are so busy, we don't have time to talk even when we're together. So meditation or a group moment of, call it devotional, if you will, would be a really cool thing for a family to do. And that can be religious neutral or belief neutral because it's just a way for you to get together with your family and to feel each other, which we don't do enough of. Uh Uh-huh. And if it's important to you, you will create the time. Yeah, if you, if keeping your family together and keeping everyone 
focused and relaxed and all that is important to you and it should be if it isn't then then maybe you need your head examined but it should be important to you to to do a better job of of trying to help your family out oh what i do is i call i get on the phone and i call both my kids on their cell phones this is mom where are you what are you doing how are you who are you with and they're both over 21 (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm still doing and the same thing. And they still answer the cell phone when they know it's you? You know what? BJ does more than Tony. But Tony's up either traveling or she's uh, up in the mountains. But uh, they, I usually do because I think that that's, I'm holding on to the last grasping because they are young adults now. That they know that they still have family and that they still need to stay in touch and communicate and what their stress levels are and what they're doing. And uh, most of the time it's like, um, BJ does it more than Tony, a meditative state, because he is he does have those abilities. So um, he has those, but it's what I'm I'm seeing now, especially with friends that have kids that are middle school or high school age or even younger, that they are really striving, trying to make that time together as a meditative state. That's why I was saying, let's you know look about putting a class together or something because that would be really good. Well, well even <clears throat> excuse me, regardless of. Whether you call it a meditative state or just relaxation, it would it's a really good idea for uh, to get together as a group to do just group relaxation or just turning the TV and radio <laughs> off for five minutes. How about the cell phones? And the cell phones. <laughs> uh, let me give you an example. Back when I was in Mount Shasta, um, I was working with this Indigo uh, family. Well, single-parent family. And uh, okay. the kid was... Um, about eleven, and um, hard to hard to manage, uh, according to his mom. Of course, there's you know it's a challenge being a single parent and raising. Actually, she had three kids, and so he had uh, two sisters. Um, so one time, um, I brought them up, uh, her and him, up to the house, and we we did a healing session together. And part of what the healing session was was. So for them to heal their differences was I asked them to sit in front of each other and go into meditation. And I guided them into a relaxation place. And then um, when I felt that they were centered and tuned in, then I just suggested that they connect with each other spiritually, higher self to higher self. Forget all the personality stuff and just connect soul to soul. And um, they began to heal some stuff just from that that one little exercise because they weren't energetically connecting before and here they had an opportunity to do that and they, so they could feel each other's heart and that's an opening in itself again when we talk about energetically connecting to one another and going into meditation i want to make something pretty clear here is that we're not advocating doing anything other than working with yourself and working with your breathing and that sort of thing and that it is okay in the in the broad this isn't something that comes from the devil and this isn't a far out concept this should, this isn't woo woo this is a really basic natural function and it's been in eastern philosophy for thousands of years and it's coming here now in more and more numbers but a lot of people still don't understand it and have an issue with it so that's and that's one of the things that we're hoping by you coming on today we can clear up a little bit. Um, Just like the term indigo. 
A lot of people don't still understand that term. Yeah, it's basically uh, refers to sensitive types, sensitive young people that know what other people are thinking. They feel what other people feel. They know sometimes uh, things before they happen. Uh, they have gifts that they won't normally display in front of others because they don't feel safe. Um, many of these young kids in this area, we're talking many, high percentage of kids are these um, what we call children of the new earth or it's like um, a more sensitive type of human being, being born, right off the bat, being very, very sensitive and aware. Part of the problem has been that these kids have uh, closed down and have kind of gone into the closet because they don't want to seem different, out of place. They don't want to be labeled weird or strange or different. They want to be like their peers. And the problem with that is then you get into social consciousness and you lose your own uh, self-identity and, and creativity. And we're going to spend a lot of time talking about that in the second hour, which is coming up here in just a few brief minutes. Because Wow, where'd the time go? Yeah, because it's a challenge, and there are a lot of folks. So give me some of the outward uh, medical conditions that can manifest themselves when these kids shut down. Uh, when they're put on Ritalin, Prozac, and other medications to control their behavior because apparently they can't focus or sit still long enough. See, apparently. Uh, there's a shutdown right there because you're shutting down a lot of the brain, um, a lot of the brain centers. The drug does that. And so if you're going to physically shut down part of the brain, also psychically, uh, spiritually, you're going to be shutting down too. So there are a lot of kids that have been diagnosed with... ADD, ADDH, ADH. Mm, hypersensitivity. Uh, who may, in fact, be operating in a different way yes. than the standard pers or the personality profile yes. that the school district has established for the average seventh grader. Yes. Uh, that's true. And so true. Unfortunately, um, when education, when the, when the system as a whole begins to create a curriculum and a philosophy based on the children's talents rather than trying to fit them into a system and to pass certain universal tests, then we'll begin to see real change in education. And these kids will rebel against this until they start seeing changes. And that's another whole other level. Because they don't, they're going to rebel because. The system is not fitting their needs, basically. Yeah. And they're bored or they're angry. They are bored. They are bored. And, yeah, they're angry because they've shut down and forgot that they shut down. And so just appear to be normal. And so what, what they're doing is they're mm, stifling their, their, their mission temporarily. Let me ask you honestly. Do you believe that this is a real phenomenon? Oh, yes. Yeah, it's, it's worldwide. Do you, what would you say to somebody who says, nah, you're just full of prunes. That's not real stuff. That's all gunk. Well, I say, okay. 
Uh, I'm not going to argue. <laughs> no, and, and nor, nor nor should we, because it's not something that is quantifiable that you can put. You know, like like the color of your skin or how tall you are or or your immediate behavior. You can't put a label on it that clearly. And we do here, and and we if you're not a normal kid. We put you into ADD, and what I'd like to talk, or we put you into Ritalin, or one of those. Down all that stuff. So what we're going to talk about in the second hour you. is we are going to we are going to put it through the test a little bit, and we're also going to discuss all of it because there are a lot of kids who need that help, and there are a lot of people who need to understand a little bit more about it. So we are going to spend the next hour talking about that. We are here with Kenji Kamura. Tomato, tomato, who knows? And and Margarita Trevino Evans. My name is Kevin McDonald. This is Positive Talk in the Afternoon. We will be back right after these commercial messages. And would you be quiet over there? Hey, and thanks for listening to this episode all the way to the end. Hey, pretty cool. Hey, don't forget to follow us so you can receive regular updates and new posts. And remember... Take care of each other because each other's all we've got. See you next time on My Independence Report.